instead of getting more clicks, as you might think, Google may essentially just raise your cost per click. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, we're super excited to have on the show a few Google ad experts. Now, we haven't had any Google ad experts on here, so I'm very excited to talk to these guys. Today, we have on Jake Huntley and Cody C. of Evergrow Marketing. Jake has been featured in Lawn Landscape Magazine, has even written articles for the magazine. So we welcome you guys. Appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. You guys uh, mind sharing a little bit about your company, Evergrow Marketing, and a little bit of what you're about and what you guys do? Yeah. So we're um, a digital marketing and web development company for uh, landscaping and lawn care businesses, specifically for the green industry. And uh, we primarily focus on search engine traffic versus, you know, like social or email or other things like that, because we found the best results with those for the money. But yeah, we added website development because we found that you can't drive good traffic to a website that's poor. And so that's kind of our stack there. Sure. So I think it's really cool that you guys work with just landscapers and stuff in particular. That's that's a really cool niche. And uh, how's that been working out for you guys? Uh, really good. We've had, uh, I think we started in the beginning, just kind of taking anybody, any lawn and landscape company from just like mowing and maintenance companies to actual lawn care and then like landscaping. And we weren't sure at first how well it was going to go. And then it wasn't until about 20, uh, 2019, actually, where it started to almost kind of explode. And once we got our names out there, especially in like Turf Magazine and Lawn and Landscape and Green Industry Pros, that's kind of when we, we really started to realize the market potential. And then also it just makes it really easy for us to launch successful campaigns immediately because we already know the industry, we already know the keywords, we already know how to design a lawn and landscaping website. Very cool. So you mind discussing, because we talked a little bit before the show, and we talked about Google ads versus Facebook ads. And uh, I know you guys much favor uh, Google ads than Facebook ads. You mind sharing why and the reason behind all that? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of reasons, actually, but I'll actually defer to Cody on this one since uh, he's our ad expert. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it's 50-50. Some of it is either platform can work and either one can generate leads for your business. There's no doubt with that. Personally, we know more about Google Ads. So there's that part in that, well, we just know more and we can make it work better. But the other thing is from a management standpoint is that in order to keep Facebook ads working, well, continuously, there's more time investment that goes into managing it, which means we have to charge more. So the most basic way to look at it is if you make a good ad on Google, people are searching for it, right? So they search for your landscaping business in your area. They see the ad. Most people aren't going to search for that multiple times. So... If you write one good ad, 
they'll see it and then it works and you can just keep running it on facebook you're hitting the same people multiple times depending on how you're targeting so you need to swap out creative more often so there's you know, cost that goes into that mm-hmm. too. No, actually, I was talking to Jake about this too. He said that usually when people are like looking for landscaping, they're going to Google and they're searching in for local or landscaper near me or whatever they're searching for. Is that what you're finding more with that versus uh, the Facebook ads? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's kind of two kinds of marketing, right? You have search based, which is just inbound. This this whole idea of people are looking for you actively. I want to make the most of that because they're very clearly in market for your service. Uh, And then you have more disruptive marketing where people aren't necessarily looking for you, but you're trying to catch their attention. There are ways that you can tell that their signals say, we're interested, but nothing beats when people are look like searching, specifically searching for you. So when you're doing that disruptive marketing, Mm -hmm. it's harder and it takes a different strategy. It's yeah, it's worth it to point out too that when someone's looking for a landscaping or lawn care service and they're in market, they typically know how much your services cost. And they, they've done the research or, or if they haven't, they are doing the research. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because they look up a bunch of different landscapers in their area, it doesn't necessarily mean they looked up what's the average cost of this kind of landscaping project uh, as well. So if you're doing what Cody said, the, that disruptive marketing, especially on social media, you know, maybe they're in market based off of how you can target on Facebook, but they're not necessarily looking to buy. And that's, that's a huge differentiation. And if they're not looking to buy, it, you know, if someone gets served with a lawn care ad, for instance, and like, oh, I'd love for someone to take care of my lawn. And then they reach out and they realize, oh, it's actually quite a bit. It's actually not super affordable, what I was thinking. So while Facebook and social media platforms can generate a lot of leads, quality of the leads is very low compared to someone who's actually doing the research. Gotcha. And you also mentioned too, the, like the diminishing returns on ads. Yeah. With Google specifically, we run into this problem a lot where people will come to us and they'll say, we have to spend more money. Like we have to spend more money on ads specifically. Uh, and we'll say, no, you don't. I don't know who's been telling you a lot of this stuff, but the way that Google works is different than a lot of other advertising things. So it, just take uh, door hangers or yard signs, for example, they're a fixed cost. Whatever they cost, it costs the same for, I mean, not exactly, but pretty close, right? If you want to print a thousand or 5,000, it's not an auction like Google is, but Google is an auction. So the more that you want to get, you're going up against these other advertisers. So you have to pay more to get those more expensive clicks. Mm-hmm. If you want to get like 100% market share, it's going to keep going up in cost. And we find that there's a diminishing return. There's a point where we hit where, you know, clicks go over 10 bucks, 20 bucks. If you want a hundred percent of your market share, you'll pay over $30 a click. And it's just, that's a click, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a lead. So how are you using that to kind of benefit people with uh, Google ads and get the leads? Yeah, we mostly focus on uh, cost per lead, right? Is the main thing is just getting feedback and saying, okay, what's a lead worth to you? How much you want to pay for one? And you know, what's its value? Because if you, you want market share, we can keep spending your money, but the cost per acquisition is going to keep going up. You might pay you know, $200 per lead as we go up. And then you just have to kind of determine where's the cutoff point? Where's it worth it for you and where's it not? We had a lot of clients saying that, you know, like Cody said, they want to spend more money in Google ads um, where it's saying like if they're only spending one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars in Google ads and say, I want to put another hundred dollars in or another hundred fifty in for the spring professional advice. We would advise not to do that because they could already be at their they could be at their max market share as far as deliverability on their ads or or at really high market share. We call that impression share. And uh, once you start hitting that top level, instead of getting more clicks, as you might think, Google may essentially just raise your cost per click. 
And it's one of those ways where you're going to, you're raising your cost per click, but you're also kind of raising like your competitor's cost per click too. And it's really fighting for those top spots that you want. And at the end of the day, that's where you have your diminishing returns. We focus on ROI and not just dominating your market because companies that just want to dominate their market are the ones, they're the bright views and the true greens of the world. And they don't really need to, but they do because they have the money. Sure. Now, you mentioned that uh, you ask landscapers, you know, how much they want to spend per lead. Do you find it hard or do the landscapers find it hard to give you a number on that? And do you have a way to get that out and figure that out for them? Yeah, it's it's a hard number for anybody to come up with, really. You really have to understand your lifetime value of a customer. And I know that's kind of like a buzzword that I hate hearing, but it's a real number. It's if you were to sign a customer today on a, your maybe like a, a good performing service with a high margin, how long does that customer typically stay with you? And there are a lot of tools that you can use to determine this. One, you can manually do it in an Excel sheet. That's what Cody and I do. The other thing you could do is you can have CRMs that are dedicated to this. And once you know how much a customer is actually worth to you, then you can make your own decisions on how much you'd be willing to hand someone money in order to get that customer. But you have to take in two things into consideration. The first thing you have to take into consideration is your uh, cost per acquisition. How much does it cost to actually get that customer or get that lead? That's your CPA. The second thing is your uh, customer acquisition cost, your CAC. That's how much does it cost to actually make that lead a customer. And once you factor those two things in and you subtract that from the gross margin of the new customer and their lifetime that they're going to stay with you, then you can figure out how much you're willing to pay for a lead. However, that's a little complicated and complex. I don't think we've actually ever gotten that number from a client. Yeah, yeah I'd say like there's a lot of gauging what's good from determining what's bad, right? <laughs> we, if we look at other accounts too, where we've seen uh, people have like a cost per lead of 400 bucks uh, on Google ads and we're like, okay, that's, that's high, yeah. right? So we're pretty confident we could beat that. So some of it's just frame of reference and knowing, okay, what are you currently getting? We can do better. But in general, it's it's hard to completely narrow it down, but at least having some idea. Otherwise, we run into that situation of if you don't know what success is, we don't know how to deliver it for you. Sure. Yeah, there's different levels too. like if you're looking at a lawn maintenance company, their cost per acquisition, their cost per lead has to be low because their margin is low. Um, lawn care is a little better. You can have a little higher cost per lead because they have a lot higher margins with their spreads and their and their programs. Mm-hmm. But then you get to landscaping and hardscaping and now your cost per acquisition is a lot higher. You can be willing to pay a hundred bucks a lead because your margins are a lot higher on your projects. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean a hundred bucks per lead is a target for those. I mean, our general rule of thumb is we like to beat home advisor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if we can beat home advisor, then we are a hundred times better than home advisor because, or even if we can match the numbers, because if home advisor charges you 20 bucks a lead or 10 to 20 bucks a lead, for instance, that's not just your lead. That's everybody else's in your market. Yeah. And you're getting charged whether or not, you know, you communicate them with a, with a knife, you accept it. Right. I mean, we track these things as they happen, right? We're like, Hey, you got to call right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you're reselling something, you know, uh, I can't remember. There's a study that went out um, probably a year ago at this point, but it talks about how, quickly you need to respond and how quickly people drop off the longer you wait to get back to them. Yeah, that's something I see in the industry all over, like not even just in landscaping and general contracting, people don't get back to customers and it's terrible. Like Mm -hmm. you got to get them. They're hot right then. That's when you need to talk to them. So I think that's almost every industry, to be honest. Like I know it's I know it's really prevalent in like the home service industry, like with contractors. 
But even our, like I take calls all the time where it's like, hey, you're the only guy that calls back. Like the only marketing agency to call you back. I'm like, wow. I, I think that that's one of the big things is to beat your competition out, really. It's just call people back. It is. It's, it's so simple. Like it just, <laughs> it's kind of a no-brainer. And I think people just kind of think don't really think about that being that important, but it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Do you find that when customer comes to you, you know, looking for an expert in this, they try telling you what to do and how to how to run things or you get some pushback on? <laughs> uh, yeah, we've had a couple of customers do that. And a couple of customers who used to do marketing in the past, we ultimately know what's best, but they know just enough to maybe be an issue to where we build this business based off of what works and what we know works. So it's best if you just let us do our job. Obviously, we love feedback. We love hearing like, you know, hey, I know there are higher searches from this city, but we have higher quality customers from this city and this is where we want to target. And that goes against the grain of what digital marketing essentially is. However, um, if it's going to result in our client getting more profit, then we're going to do that. But there are um, issues where like we talked about earlier where they want to increase ad spend. It's like, look, we can but this is what it's going to do. We can't just say we're going to put more money into it and get more results. Your results typically just cost more. But what we need to do is we need to look at your ads account and we need to make sure that we have the room to move before we say, yes, let's pump more money into this. Mm-hmm. The second thing too is clients wanting to, like if, um, if, if fall is rolling around and since we specialize in search engine, it's based off of what the market is searching for. So a client might come to us and say, I want to put money, I want to focus or target on fall landscape cleanup, or, you know, maybe they want to trim trees in the fall. And they say, this is the best time for us to do it. I was like, look, it's not Google ads. Isn't just like targeting something like social media is where you can push something to people. It's, it's an, it's a, it's an attraction marketing method. So it's what people are looking for. If people aren't looking for fall landscape cleanup, it doesn't matter how much money we throw at it. It's not going to get you more leads. And those are those are the main pushbacks that we get as far as deliverabilities of assets that we're currently doing. Yeah. I guess the only thing I'd add too is uh, we started growing the most when we niched down and said, we're not going to do everything for everybody anymore. We're going to hone in on what we know works. It's a box. It's not flexible. It doesn't stretch very well. But for the right people, we know that this will sell like hotcakes because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So when we push back and said, if this doesn't work for you, that's fine. This isn't a solution for everybody, but for the right people, we know that this works very sure. well. Yeah, it sounds like mainly just educating the the customer on it and your ways of doing things. And but you guys are the experts. It's the same thing when we sell to a customer. We sell landscape work. Yeah, know, we need to educate them. So some guys will come to us and, and tell us that like, hey, I I want to do this, 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 and this, and I'll put this this much money into all this. First question is like, well, then why are you hiring us? Like, if you know already how you want to market and know how much money you want to put into it, then why don't you just do it yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's not just me being kind of asinine and just saying that because I don't want them to think that they're smarter than us or better than us. It's me saying that because we have built this, this system that works. And if you are expecting a, a content distribution plan on social media, or if you're expecting some kind of email blast campaign, then we're only going to disappoint you because we focus on ROI. And those mediums don't have a lot of ROI compared to search engines. So if you're not dominating search engines right now, like if you're not maxing your budget out and if you're not absolutely crushing it and coming on top every time, then there isn't a whole lot of reason, at least in our eyes, to move to those other mediums yet. Because that's when you start getting to those diminishing returns. Gotcha. You max out max out the bottom of the funnel before you move up, right? I mean, you got those people there. So make the most of them before you try to persuade anybody or yeah, convince them. Sure. Do you find a lot of people want to like mimic other companies ads and kind of do what they're doing and kind of looking at the competition, I guess. I see that with website builds 
If a client has an old like antiquated website or they don't have one, they'll send me some links of some competitors and like, hey, I like some of these things on their website. And typically they're like they're things that I hate, like sliders and other fancy stuff that like are one, not only not used by anybody anymore, like nobody uses sliders anymore and it's proven. And in fact, having sliders can actually hurt your SEO if they make people stop looking at them or they also add a bunch of just bloated code to your site that you don't need and nobody clicks through them. So why have it? But there's a lot of things like, hey, like they they like something about it. And then I'll consult with them and say, hey, this is why I don't prefer it. But we can do this in your site. Just know that my advice was not to do this. I think we actually just had that with a client recently in uh, like November. They wanted to have their testimonials on a slider. I was like, I don't want to do that. Here's why. Hmm. Not that we couldn't. We absolutely could. But after I explained it to her, she was like, yeah, let's let's just do it. Whatever way it works best for our marketing. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Cody, do you have experience with people trying to you how to write your ad? Uh, a little bit. Sometimes it's, they've got ideas for the kind of messaging that they want to promote. And a lot of times I'll say, okay, yeah, I mean, whatever. Let's test it though, is the thing that it comes down to is let's run it against what we currently have going. If it beats it, awesome. My ego isn't that big that I'm going to say every ad I write is amazing and better than everybody else's. So if we can write something, launch it, and then it does better, then cool, let's do sure. it. What ends up happening though, is that like click-through rate will go up a lot because the type of messaging that a client wants to promote is more enticing, more attractive, mm-hmm. but it doesn't convert as well. And that's something that we balance is knowing that, well, okay, this message might be boring, but the people who click on it turn into a lead. So that's kind of why we message things the way that we do to pre-qualify people and say, okay, look, if you're looking for something flashy, that's not our guys. So go click on one of the other ads and waste their money. But the clicks that we get, they convert really well. That's where you guys know your craft and know what to do. That's where the benefit of hiring an expert comes in play. It's the same same as the landscaping industry. You know, we don't expect our customers to know how to build a hardscape wall or a pergola or a fire pit or anything like that. So it's same process. Actually, on the process, you guys mind sharing a little bit about your process that you guys use? And Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've actually never once reached out to a landscaping or lawn care company for sales or, or promoting us or anything like that at all. Since our inception in 2018, 100% of our clients have come to us, have found us somehow. And so when they do, um, we try to set the right expectations with on our website about what we do. Uh, and they come to us and say, we need help with digital marketing or we need help with a new website and you know, to, to be able to market it. And it's typically pretty general like that, which is great because now I can tell you, okay, well, um, we have a solution and it's going to get you an ROI. But it, we have a couple different options here. So if a client comes to us and they have uh, no website and no marketing, we start with a website build to say, okay, well, what we need to do is we need to build you a website that performs well on its own, even without marketing services. So we'll build a website from the ground up and make sure that when it launches, it is already essentially optimized for that specific moment in time. But we'll talk with the client and we'll say, you know, hey, here's essentially an onboarding document. We need you to fill this out. It is literally everything there is to know about your business and then your services and how we need to write the content on your site. And then once that's returned to us, we'll build the site. It takes about 30 to 45 days, depending on the season. Winter, we are just slammed with work. And uh, once we're ready to launch, we have these pre-built marketing packages that include uh, SEO, so organic search engine uh, ranking for your website on a monthly basis. And then it also includes Google ads. And in that package, we include $100 in Google ads. So we don't tack on additional cost to that. 
for instance, our first package is just 600 bucks a month. So at 600 bucks a month, we just run your campaigns on a monthly basis. And within the second or third month, you actually start seeing your results. But it's with our clients that have been with us for a year where we can see year over year results versus just like month over month. Mm -hmm. That's when things start to really, they really start to notice like, holy crap, my website traffic is up 300%. My leads are up 400% from last year. But yeah, we combine those two things. We don't separate them out because we believe if you're going to run ads, you need to have good landing pages for those ads to land too. Also, the quality of the page the ad directs to affects your ranking of your ad, whether you're on the first spot of your ad or you're on the fifth spot. Mm. And then as far as SEO, SEO takes time. If we launch a brand new site, you're not going to get leads right away. You're not going to get leads within the first month. You might not get leads in the second month. Google isn't just going to take a new website and just say, yep, this site's legitimate. Let's rank it super high. Mm -hmm. It needs to know that the site has authority, that people care about what's on the site and that people actually engage with your site, whether it's filling out a form or, or actually spending time on it. So what the ads are there are to help you get leads quicker within those first two months because we're automatically pushing ads to the first page. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, we tell our clients like, hey, we're month to month. We don't lock you into a contract because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence every month and that we don't just kind of get lazy and say, well, they're signed on for a year. We can deal with this at the end of the year. We always say, look, if you're getting the results that you want to get, if you're happy with us, then we'll keep going. If you're not, let us know. We can, we can either have a talk about it and remedy it, or we can just say, yeah, sure, we'll shut everything off and send you your final invoice. Sure. Do you work with people just with websites and just for Google ads, or do you prefer to do it all a package? I mean, I, I understand it's beneficial to do everything, but... Yeah, we do everything as a package. Some guys would say, I just want somebody to run our Google ads. Actually, there was somebody, and I think it might've been in landscaping business owners, and he goes, I, uh, I'm looking, I mean, he was in New Zealand, which would be cool to have a New Zealand client. But he was, uh, he's like, yeah, I was like, so I kind of told him I was, he's looking for someone to do their SEO, maybe like a new website build. And I was like, hey, here's what we do. And he goes, all right, so someone doing my SEO. So he need Google ads. And then he's like, I was just looking for somebody to run my ads. And I just said, well, we're probably not the guys for you then. Yeah. We do them both and we don't segment our services out. But uh, there are guys who do, they will throttle their Google ads back. Like, let's say like the winter hits, they'll just pull that ad spend back and not want to spend that in the winter, which is fine. We don't recommend it. but And I assume you guys would kind of rotate ads as, as the season goes through. You, you obviously find out what the services they provide and kind of change those up. That's a good point. That's actually a point that our clients bring up about rotating ads out. I'll let Cody speak to that. Yeah, so part of it is that since Google is demand-based, you don't actually have to. If people are searching for it, you show up. And if they're not searching for it, then you don't show up. Mm -hmm. Most people don't click on ads. It's the truth, right? If you look at total numbers, most people are going to click on the organic you know, SEO listings beneath it. So if, if people are clicking on ads, you have to target things that are pretty high volume in order to actually get those clicks. So we focus on individual services mostly with SEO. And then we go for the big keywords, just general, you know, landscaping in my city, landscaping business near me, things like that in our core campaigns. And then the reason why we can make it work right off the bat is because we get to take all of the data that we have across all of our accounts and roll it together. And no individual company will ever be able to do this because they'll never get as much volume as we do. We just, we have so much data that they'll never be able to get. And it's, it's not their fault. There's nothing they can do about it. It's just, that's the advantage of us running in so many markets and in so many places. 
So yeah, I mean, uh, the way that we do ads is we'll run tests in an individual account. We'll take that success and we'll roll it out, you know, across the board. Uh, and because of that, we're able to test faster, see what messaging works. And it does vary a little bit from client to client. But for the things that we know are applicable to everybody, that's why we're able to crush it so quickly. Nice. No, I appreciate you guys uh, sharing all this stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned today. Like, I don't even know half the stuff that you guys are. <laughs> there's something that we found on an accident, too, um, recently that we kind of want to test now. But we left our client's name out of the title of their of their Google ad. And they started getting calls for people looking for their competitors and they started selling them too. <laughs> and so we're like, we don't even have to target our competitor's name. We just got to perform better than their ad, which we typically do. And then just take their name out of the title. That's interesting. Small things like that are things that we test. And then we go, wow, this actually works. If our clients want to set up a conquesting campaign, we just create an ad group and remove the name from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of small things like that. Yeah, I think probably one of the bigger things is we don't drink the Google Kool-Aid. We don't buy their propaganda. They're huge and they have a lot of people telling a lot of things. And it's really easy to just believe it uh, because they're so big, because they're able to push things so quickly and then it's incentivized, right? If you believe it and if you do these things, then Google will reward you. Uh, but we just don't buy it. We test things ourselves. We see what works for our clients because that's who we serve first. I mean, Google's not writing us checks. So <laughs> we don't really care about their opinion. The one thing I see, like even in our, in our Facebook group, the Landscape Business Owners Facebook group, we get so many digital marketers trying to come in. And like, I try to like keep out, like I try to get people that are just kind of niche down like you guys and only keep certain people in there because it's so, I don't know, there's so many people out there. And do you have any advice on like how to seek out somebody like yourselves or, or questions they should be asking uh, when they're looking for somebody? Yeah. If her name is Evergreen Marketing, <laughs> then they're <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it's um it's tough so i i don't i hate saying this i hate saying let me see examples of your work and the only reason why i hate saying that or having people say that is because we started out somewhere we didn't have examples of our work but i think if a company is honest about hey like i'm fairly new to this and you know i can do it at a discounted rate like that you know maybe give them a shot um it's tough like <laughs> Because one of the reasons that we got into this industry is because we realized that there was a lot of business owners being taken advantage of just kind of out of ignorance. They don't really know a lot of the digital world. And I know there's some some of your listeners listening who are landscaping who do know the digital world. And there are, but for the vast majority, a lot of them don't understand Google ads or how they work. And a lot of them think they're too expensive to run. And uh, the first thing is, if anybody promises anything, don't go with them. They're bad. Uh, if they promise, we'll get you to the front page, we'll get you ranking number one. First of all, that's kind of a watered down statement anyways, because when you say, yeah, I'm ranking on the first page, well, what are you ranking for? Are you ranking for landscaping near me? Are you ranking for hardscape, retaining walls? Are you, you know, like it depends on what you're ranking for, what you're pushing for. Mm -hmm. So false promises are a big red flag for me. Uh, also, if you just go to their website and it looks like garbage and you don't like it, then maybe, maybe that's a sign too. Cody, did you have any tips? Honestly, no, it just sucks. I, mean, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for any company out yeah. there that's trying to find a decent marketing company because I feel like a snake oil salesman, <laughs> right? Because fortunately, it's mostly Jake that does the, the, the sales stuff. I mostly hang out in the background, which is good because I am capable of really holding back with a lot of this stuff. And yeah, it, it makes me mad when they say, you know, you got to spend at least, you know, $1,000 on Google ads if you want to get anything. That's just not true. So unfortunately, no, I mean, whatever Jake says, ultimately with uh, 
<laughs> determining agency because he's the guy who uh, who helps them pick us. We spend $100 on Google Ads for our clients and we beat out their competitors spending thousands. Again, it's ROI focused. We're not here to beat your competitor. We're here to get you money. Sure. When Cody says I do a lot of the sales too, and maybe that's another topic too, is if someone's overly salesy, overly excited or something like that, be wary. When you guys call me and they talk to me and say, hey, here's what we offer. That's not what you're looking for. That's fine. But this is what we do and we're good at it and we're confident in what we do. But yeah, I, I think uh, those guys who post like a lot of videos of them, like just being like over exuberantly excited or something like that, like mm, I tend to stay away from. I guess that's a good point of if uh, the, uh, the guy's promoting the most, you know, who are the, who are the guys not doing anything because they're probably slammed with work, right? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> if they've got all this time to be you know, working on some of that stuff. Yeah. To be fair, we do our best to prioritize it. I know we just spent a ton of time working on a blog post about benchmarks for the industry. So if people don't know what they should expect with website metrics or what they should expect for Google ads, we wanted to make sure we put that out there. Honestly, we, we just haven't met the best at it because we've been so slammed. Uh, so True. Yeah, I think it was like eight or nine months since we posted our last blog. But we've even, we even posted a post about how to effectively run Google ads or you know how we do it. And then like you can follow this kind of outline for running your own ad campaign. You guys have a lot of great stuff on your blog post. I was reading it yesterday and it's, there's a lot of great information on there. So Thank you. I'll have all that in the comments section or the description of the show. Yeah, we, we try to do about 1500 words of post. We try to be as descriptive as possible. Our philosophy is if someone wants to do it themselves, they're going to do it themselves, whether they get the information from us or not. So we'll just put it out there. We'll keep a couple secrets to ourselves. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, same thing with your clients. If they want to build a retaining wall, they're going to build it themselves, um, whether they get the information from you or not. And that's kind of our instructions for mm -hmm. guiding our clients and how to think of blog post topics. Yeah. And those are two different customers anyway, right? I mean, the, the guys that are going to build their own retaining walls versus the ones that are going to hire you. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, sure. a, there's a clear difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I didn't say they're going to do it right. Yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to do it regardless. <laughs> And we'll come back later and fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys taking on time to be on the show today. Uh, you mind sharing how people can get hold of you and find out a little more about you? Yeah. So our website is evergrowmarketing.com. Just all one word. They're on a contact page. We've got a contact form. You can just fill it out. Tell us what you're looking for. Or you can uh, call me on my phone, which is on the website. Just 913-300-0902. Or um, you can email me directly at jake at evergrowmarketing.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, a lot of great information here, guys. And like, there's a lot of lack of knowledge, like you said, in the industry about Google ads and Facebook, well, even Facebook ads. But I think you guys uh, shared a lot of information and help a landscaper. So yeah, happy we, to just, help. we just scratched the yeah. surface. So <laughs> if you want to know more. That's right. Know. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a couple of uh, pod deck questions for you guys. Perfect. So I told you they won't be anything embarrassing. I hope not. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys can choose whoever answers, however you want to do it. But what would be your best day ever? Our, like, like hypothetically or a thing that's already happened? Uh, hypothetically. Okay, hypothetically. Cody, you go first. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a very uneventful person. So largely doing nothing and without people. <laughs> I, I'm a hardcore introvert, <laughs> which is why. Uh, I, I hang out in the background and Jake does most of the communication, but uh, I crunch the numbers uh, in Google ads and that stuff. So honestly, uh, something at home, probably nice. yeah, by myself. <laughs> I, I, I run a lot. I do like a lot of um, triathlons and stuff like that. So I think my best day ever would probably be the moment I completed an Ironman triathlon. You're, you're a paintballer too, right? 
I am. Wait, how did you know? Did you look at my yeah, Facebook? Well, my, my son <laughs> just joined a team. He just joined a league here recently. So, oh, yeah. Actually, in October last year, we just full, got second place at a tournament in Illinois. So, yeah. That's awesome. St. Bald since 2010, I think. I used to be in it a long time ago, probably about 20 years ago. I used to play in some leagues, but it's all different now than what it was back then. But where, where are you located? Uh, we're in Northwest Indiana, just out of Chicago. So, Oh, so do you, does your uh, son play at like PB Explosion or? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Next time I'm in the area, going to PB Explosion, maybe I'll hit you up. Yeah. There you go. Show you, show you a son of thing. Yeah, that'll work. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kid was going off like he saw your picture. He's like, oh, that's so and so. That's so and so. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the worst job you ever had? Uh, this is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've told. People don't even believe this now at this point. It makes me mad. Uh, but I'd say it was tied for two. I worked third shift at Walmart, and that was brutal for yeah. me. The, the stuff that it does to your mindset, it, it was hard <laughs> to to keep positive and keep, you know. But I was also, I did, I was a sample guy uh, at Sam's Club, too. Okay. That was a step up, though, because they paid me more there with that, at least. But no, both of those were, yeah. yeah but no, it was, it was brutal. <laughs> it's hard to stay positive with something like that. Sure. I want to... I worked at a marketing agency with Cody. It's actually how we met uh, back in 2015. And that was pretty bad. Um, not because of the work. I love the work we did. It was just, it was, you know, putting in 15 hours a day and it was just very high intensity and not a lot of reward. And uh, it was just very draining. And in fact, we broke away, did our own thing because we believed we could do it better. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far we are, yeah. but I would say more recently it was a job I had working for an industrial process solutions company and th- we sold and distributed manufacturing equipment, specifically weighing devices. And it wasn't hard because it was difficult or I was, uh, I was just kind of unhappy. Like I didn't want to do it. And I was there for four years and mentally taxing. I had ever grow on the mind all the time. And, but that, that, that was it. Yeah. Nothing too bad for my end. Maybe <laughs> everybody starts somewhere, does something. All right, last one. What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Can I just purely say candy? Like, I, I eat so much candy, it's a problem. <laughs> I, my girlfriend actually, she gives me, we have a joke now, she gives me rations of candy. She's like, okay, this is how much candy you can have for a short while. Otherwise, I'm just, it's out of control. <laughs> Here's two pieces for the day. Yeah, <laughs> the dentist knows. They know about me at the dentist, so I can't hide there. Um... I can't say like really fruity alcoholic drinks. Like I'm a gin martini guy, but like every now and then I'll get something like kind of fruity or tasty. Like as long as the guys aren't looking <laughs> other than that paintball, I usually don't tell people I play paintball. It's kind of embarrassing. That's huh. <laughs> all right. It's a cool game. <laughs> I think people get the wrong image in their head. I think they think I'm like dressing up like some kind of military person and like going in the woods or something like nah, that's not it. <laughs> we actually, when I worked for my dad, we would, uh, Friday nights or Friday afternoons after we get back, we'd all go on the back and play paintball and for a couple hours just with the, the crews and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blow off some steam. That's fun. And then when you get into like tournament paintball, like speedball, like that's when you're on a whole nother level yeah. there. No, that's cool. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you being out here today. Uh, anything you'd like to add? I think we're good. Um, just make sure you understand that Google ads isn't a bad platform. It's fantastic but it's really easy to waste a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. True advice there. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us and have a great day. All right. Thanks, Scott. You too. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? 
A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message.